Welcome all you artists and art lovers out there. Today you are listening to Artsville USA, our podcast coming to you from Asheville, North Carolina. I'm your host, Louise Glickman, and I'm inviting you to hear from two bright young artists, Elizabeth Walton and Amy Massey, who are making quite a name for themselves in Western North Carolina and beyond. Both just graduated from Artsville's first virtual gallery of artists cohort, a program that is both digital and live and free. It's a marketing program for artists who want to learn to succeed in the business of art. So stay tuned to learn more about the innovative program and our two very exciting guests. Artsville, Artsville, the happening town where art abounds. Artsville, Artsville, from Asheville town where art abounds. Artsville, Artsville, feeling mountain high and inspired in North Carolina. That's where you'll find us, amazing artists and designers. Oh yeah, Artsville from Asheville. Louise here. I'm back as your podcast host at Artsville where we celebrate American contemporary arts and crafts from Asheville, North Carolina, and beyond. Our monthly podcasts introduce you to world-class movers and makers, their art, their craft, their unique careers, and at artsvilleusa.com and most major podcast channels, you will easily find us. First, I do want to tell you some great news about Artsville's growth and some changes for 2024. Key to this update is expansion of our partnership with Not Real Art in L.A. They have been both our mentors and our mothership. And they, like us, help artists build their audiences and promote their work. So this year, together, we have launched Arterial, which is a nonprofit component of our network of creative programming. And this is to allow, in fact, we encourage you to support Artsville with donations. While Artsville's goal, like Not Real Art, is to help build creative careers and income potential in the creative sector, we are also focused on the democratization of arts in Asheville and beyond. So now we're educating audiences globally to buy direct from the artists that we promote. They can buy online, or now we will be offering specialized and customized tours to Asheville so that you can actually visit them in their studios. You know, I think, that the Asheville area is particularly known as the place for outstanding crafts in America. So now we're going to toot our own horn for a minute. This month, 
The Artsville podcast has been selected by Feedspot, which is a leader in podcasting, as one of the top 10 crafts-focused podcasts in America. We're glad to be representing our craftspeople here, and the evaluation of this award is that our audience gave us very high grades on engaging storytelling, and we think that this month's interview will be a good example of that. Elizabeth Walton is a young and seriously talented jewelry designer, and she will be featured today along with 2D artist Amy Massey, and their stories will make you want to visit here and learn and talk and sell about the crafts and art market here and our programs. So I'm going to start off with a question for Elizabeth. You girls reflect the typical mix of creatives who have had to juggle jobs, education, and personal lives to become artists. So I'd like to hear a little bit about where and when you discovered yourself as a creative. Where did your passion come from and your talent, and how did it emerge over time? You all do a lot of juggling, so it would be helpful to give us some background. That's a great question. I feel like it's really been a lot of very generous mentors in my life that have introduced me to their friends that have become mentors as well. And I started out as a kid making jewelry, and I had a relative who really took me under his wing. He was a fine jeweler, and he actually passed away about a year and a half ago. And I inherited about half of his studio, and that has opened a ton of doors for me because often it's hard to come by the tools for metalsmithing because they're very specific. And I've been given not only the tools, but these tools with such a rich legacy. So I have my Bachelor of Fine Art from Appalachian State University in metalsmithing and jewelry design. And that time was really impactful in the development of my work. And since then, I've just been learning more about the business side of things and really working to figure out how to make a financially sustainable studio practice. That's great. That's very interesting. And we find that you all do a lot of juggling. Also, in your cases, being a part of the Virtual Gallery of Artists program has sparked a nice friendship. So, Amy, tell me, what interested you in applying to be a part of the Virtual Gallery of Artists in the first place? We offer a lot. We give you three months to work right alongside us to provide exposure and new platforms in publications, both local and regional and now national. We did a personal video statement with you, a lot of networking, meeting with movers and makers and meeting new artists as well. And uh, we have this educational component, just as part of what we offered you in three months. And we're just really interested in if this met your expectations, what are you going to take away? Yeah, I was super excited to be invited to participate in this. I mean, I first became aware of you guys during the pandemic with the Sand Hill Artists Collective and thought that it was really cool just what you were doing to bring people together virtually when everybody was 
so separate and it was so important to just kind of forge connection when you all started doing that. So when you reached out in regards to the virtual gallery of artists, it was perfect timing. I had just had a baby and was getting back into the art world and really looking desperately for a hook to kind of get me connected again, get that ball rolling. For me, art is something that really makes me feel like myself and is a vital part of my life and my connection to things. And so I was very excited to be able to dive into the collective and very excited for all of the networking opportunities that it was presenting. So what was your favorite thing? What do you think you're going to take away? What are you going to use now that you're independently have new tools? Yeah, I think just continuing to build connections with people and to network together, to follow along to see what the other artists are doing. And I'm excited to see, you know, what other courses and everything else that you guys are offering into the future. Um, It's just been such a great opportunity to connect with people who have been in this field and are going places. So, Elizabeth, what is your favorite takeaway and what do you see as your career path? If we were three years in the future, where will you be? That's a great question. I'm excited to know that. I really enjoyed the marketing aspects of the virtual gallery, both what I learned through the workshop and seeing how y'all marketed and having the experience of someone else marketing on my behalf was really impactful for me. Seeing my images in the Laurel and other local publications was really significant. And so this year, my focus for my business is creating systems of making content that I'm excited to make the content to share because I think I will show up well for my business when I'm excited to create that. And so this experience, both having someone market on my behalf and learning more about marketing has been really impactful through the virtual gallery. Has this changed what your new work might look like or have you considered perhaps expanding or even contracting your target audience because of what you've learned? Absolutely. I think my work is kind of developing as I go. I love being surprised by what I'm making, and I work with a lot of different kind of little units that will grow and expand. And so I anticipate that I will see a shift in my work, though I'm not exactly sure what that will be. But often I see that more clearly in retrospect. Well, that to me is one of the exciting aspects of this. And Amy, for you, your work really is intriguing to me. And one of the things that I'm very interested in is that you do artwork and body work. You're a massage therapist. And I'd like to know how that informs your work and how you think that might be looking in the future. Yeah, for sure. I think they really go hand in hand very well. One of the most significant things about being a massage therapist for me is just holding space and creating an environment in which my clients feel safe enough to kind of reflect on their own bodies and create their own healing and noticing the subtle changes going on in their bodies and just bringing a nurturing energy to it all. And I think that all of those are things that I bring to my painting as well. I approach my painting to just bring visual language to something that's hard to communicate otherwise. It's more of a feeling. And I want it to be something that somebody can 
pause and really take in and feel a sort of nurturing energy from and just kind of reflect on, you know, some of the energetic, emotional spaces that we inhabit and feel that connective energy through that. Well, that brings me to something that I'm looking for an answer for about your work. And I know that you show at Woolworth Walk, and I understand that you sell there. For those in our audience, Woolworth Walk is many, many studios inside a large space that's on two floors. And there must be 60 artists or something in there, maybe even more. It's very popular. If I were walking through there, and I often do, I would definitely stop at your exhibit. So you get my attention. I know there's a story in each of your works. It's abstract, but I could not actually communicate to someone else in words what I'm seeing. For example, one of your collections is called Portals and Passages. If I had to describe it, I would say it's delicate, ethereal, and it's done in watercolor and gouache. It's very carefully and beautifully done, but I don't know what you're telling me. Could you give me like two lines if I was standing there and said, oh, you're the artist. Tell me about your work or tell me what you do. What would you say? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's kind of the the beauty of art is that it is hard to find words for. But my intention is to use shape, color, movement. I really like to employ negative space in my paintings to amplify that, to just draw the viewer in to a place of softness and contemplation. I you know, always have a concept or an emotion that I'm starting with and inspired by. And so I'm starting with a shape that feels like that emotion. And then I'm just kind of intuitively following the flow of that piece as I'm creating it and trying to find something that just draws somebody in to kind of sit in a meditative space and reflect inwardly on their experience of being there with the painting and hopefully to take something nurturing out of that. Well, for me, it's both exciting, but it quiets my soul. So I really enjoy looking at it and kind of thinking about it. Now, Elizabeth, in your case, I think your work is very interesting as a metalsmith and a jeweler because there's nothing boring about it, yet I'm seeing repeated shapes. And it's wearable craft that's both innovative in its design, but it's repetitive. And you create sort of links and swirls and beautiful bracelets and necklaces and earrings, but it's kind of traditional. We live here in the beautiful mountains. I see influences that are historically significant to our region, the arts and crafts architectural history is probably most prominent coming out of Asheville, places like the Grove Park Inn, for example, and then sort of Celtic, Celtic influences as well are very important to our history here. And then, but then you in your bio talk about nature. I'm not seeing the nature part. 
So I'd like a little explanation. If I were at Moore Gallery where you show your work or one of your other galleries that represent you, how would you introduce me to your design process? Yeah, I love the way that you summed up my work there. I am really interested in the underlying systems of nature that create that repetition that isn't stale. I think hearing you say that you're seeing this repetition, but it's not boring. I was like, that's amazing. That's what I'm trying to do. And so in that sense, I'm inspired by nature and those systems. And I'm also really inspired by the wonder that I experience in nature, this kind of surprise and the vastness of the mountains and experiences being alone in the mountains and not feeling alone, but feeling at peace. And it's those kind of experiences that I'm wanting to capture through my jewelry. So those are the senses that I'm inspired by nature. Very interesting. So I think both of your works are very unique in their own way. And I've really enjoyed having you as a part of Artsville, which includes when we curate arts into the Artsville Virtual Gallery, there are only nine of you for three months so that we can work with you very carefully. But we want a younger group like you are, but we also have a much older market as well. Those are the people with money that buy your art, right? I mean, I know young people do too, but our pockets are a little deeper. (laughs) (laughs) Our kids are grown. So that was an interesting aspect of it. But I've watched you all have a budding friendship through Artsville. So Amy, tell me a little bit about your off hours, your relationship how that has sort of grown together. Because when we curated in the nine artists, we purposely had artists that were reflected of our market, which is both younger and an older audience. And we wanted to get an interplay, interconnection, so that you all would talk with each other and learn from each other. Some of you are newer some of you are better known, and a few are not known at all. So I'd like you to just give me a little sense about how you felt you liked the networking. You mentioned networking. Tell me a little bit about the friends, the associates that you now have in the field. Yeah. I mean, it's been great to get to meet and know everybody. I mean, Elizabeth is such a genuine soul. That's been really a pleasure to run into and see throughout the time. And it's really cool to see her just building up her artwork and seeing her just soar in that way. And same with the other artists. I mean, I, you know, look forward to hopefully getting to know everybody better in the future as well. But it's been really great just to have a deeper exploration and hear how people came to where they are with their art their inspirations behind it, and just to see what people's different path has been throughout all of this. Well, speaking of path, you all have different paths right now in how you're going to go into the future. So right now, Amy, you are at Woolworth Walk. There are a lot of other artists in there, but you're not all there at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
and it sort of presents very individually. So you are kind of on your own to market yourself there under this umbrella where a lot of people from out of town in particular come to visit. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you can correct me, of course, but I'd say it's primarily visitors to the Asheville area. On the other hand, Elizabeth, you have gallery representation, and I'm assuming that you rely on the gallery to do your marketing. However, they represent a lot of other people at the same time they're representing you. So I'm going to start with you, Elizabeth, to tell me how that figures into your future. Do you like being represented by galleries? For example, your online presence. Does that help? Does that make a difference? Would you want to have additional marketing assistance or even allowed to? Because I don't know anything about your contract, of course. Yeah, yeah. This is actually something I've been thinking about a lot recently. And I'm so thankful for the gallery representation I have right now. For where I am in my career, it's really huge for building trust with clients because they walk into a gallery that they are familiar with and they see my work in that context. And that's a different context than just like seeing a picture of my work on the internet. And they're like, oh, here's this person. I'm sure she's nice, but like they don't have a relationship that they might with the gallery. And so the gallery is definitely, it's a big piece of how my business is run, but I'm also still doing my own marketing when I'm selling at shows, when I'm selling online. So I see it as multiple pieces to a larger puzzle that all bring different clients to me and help me to figure out who my target audience is, where they are, how to find them, things like that. So that is what I would say is a traditional approach. So many of the people who came into our program mentioned galleries, more galleries, whatever. If you look at what's happened in terms of virtual marketing, festivals, other ways that artists have to show, sell, and tell about their work, galleries are just one of a mix. It's just one color on a palette. And Amy, you have a different approach. Tell me about not having a gallery, but representing yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think there's pros and cons to every direction. But at this point, I've been doing a lot of art festivals, juried art festivals, And that's an interesting opportunity to really get to know my buyers. And there's something really deeply gratifying about having a conversation about what a piece means to a person, like seeing them light up and have that depth of feeling when they look at a piece. And I really appreciate being able to be there for that moment, which is something that you're removed from in a gallery setting. But yeah, I mean, at this day and age, we're surrounded by so much stimulation. I think it's important to kind of be able to embrace a multitude of these opportunities to get our art out into the world and try to forge those connections with people in different ways. Well, I think that one of the things that we will be talking about in future cohorts is marketing plans. 
because yes, the market is very complicated and very competitive these days. So I'm feeling that that's something that Artsville might be able to offer in the future. I really thank you all for coming today. I would like you to each tell our audience how they can get in touch with you. So Amy, let's start with you. Where's your website? Give us a link. Yeah, thank you so much, Louise. My website is amygmassey.com, and you can find me on social media at Amy Massey Studio. Okay, how about spelling Massey? It's M-A-S-S-E-Y, and Amy is A-M-Y. Okay, great. And how about you, Elizabeth? Thank you so much for having us on. My website is Red Ren Jewelry, R-E-D-R-E-N Jewelry. And then my Instagram is the same, Red Ren Jewelry. You can find me online at all those places. Would you like to tell our audience how you came to Red Ren? Yes. So I have red hair. I'm a ginger. And my middle name is Ren. It was my mom's college nickname. So I named my business when I was 14. So I say I got to give 14-year-old Elizabeth some credit. (laughs) (laughs) You did good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Who knew where you would be at this point, right? So you all are very good examples of what we aspire to doing, which is that Artsville uniquely markets creativity to the world as a platform for the talents of Western North Carolina artists. So creatives like you who want to show, to sell, and to tell others about your work. We have a very distinctive blend of content, both written and digital. And it includes not only the virtual gallery, but monthly podcasts, newsletters, a proven menu of entertaining and enlightening events, and educational programs, discussion groups, and we'll be doing more of that in the future. But it is our friends and supporters, our Artsville community of artists, art lovers, educators, and professionals in the field from all over the world that really give us the energy that have propelled our growth to over 10,000 subscribers in three years. And they show up for our discussion groups and our events, particularly our parties, So I would like to give this month a special shout out to a few major supporters of ours. One is Ken Katara, who is a known artist around the country. He is an educator, having taught at both UNCA, Mars Hill, and others. And he recently did a wonderful presentation, a seminar, really, on marketing to our group Michael Maines of Blue Spiral One Gallery has been a constant supporter and friend to us. And he did a podcast for us, if you'd like to learn more about Michael, as did Sherry Masters at Art Connections. I mentioned briefly that we will be doing tours where you can come to Asheville or even if you're in Asheville, we will create a specialized tour for you and take you to meet the artists right in their studios. But we will also have some programs, set tours for the Chihuly exhibit that will be at the Biltmore Estate this spring. Lauren Brunk. Brunk Auctions is a beloved and internationally known auction house here. 
Beyond our artist market, we reach out to our collectors and buyers market. And for those of you who are emerging collectors, it's time to learn more about the secondary art market. So Lauren's podcast just launched in January. So you can learn more about that on Lauren's podcast. And we also want you to keep your eyes open for what's coming up in March, where we're going to do a podcast on arts and community. This talks a lot about participatory experiences that impact both health and healing through art. And in closing, I do want to mention that this podcast is powered by Arterial and our partners at Crew West in Los Angeles and it extends our reach to listeners worldwide. So please, subscribe to both of us. We're each packed with content, but very, very different. The podcast from our West Coast affiliate is notrealart.com. It's kind of pop and hip. It's got sort of an L.A. urban ethos. While here in the East, in Asheville, We spotlight contemporary arts and crafts with a different kind of feeling. It's more about community and sort of a cool mountain high kind of vibe. So we're similar in format. We're absolutely aligned in mission, but there's no reason not to enjoy both because they're very different in what you'll hear or learn about the artists. So we're at arsvilleusa.com, and notrealart.com is our West Coast affiliate. We thank you for joining us today, and we'll be back next month. Thanks for listening to the Artsville Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share it with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Artsville is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles in partnership with Sand Hill Artist Collective in Asheville, North Carolina. Our theme music was created by Dan Ubik and his team at Danube Productions. Artsville is edited by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Artsville. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating American contemporary arts and crafts from Asheville and beyond. Artsville, Artsville, the happening town where art abounds. Artsville, Artsville, from Asheville town where art abounds. Artsville, Artsville, feeling mountain high and inspired in North Carolina. That's where you'll find us, amazing artists and designers.